Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. The second thing that impressed me, and this might help some of you wives, I don't know, but he had three wives, and here's where I'm going with this. It was not uncommon for you to have more graves in your backyard in a missionary in those early days than you'd ever want. Besides your wives, your children are dying. Other missionaries are dying. Often, often, not because of any form of martyrdom. Their martyrdom wasn't because their throats were slit. Their martyrdom was that their health gave out because they were in a very unhealthy area. And they died because of dysentery and all the rest. But each one of his wives was given an enormous amount of grace, of gratefulness, and was able to continue to keep Judson encouraged. And so the two of them were able to go through all of that. So I'm reading through this and I'm sensing, man, I've had a great wife who's been, a great, uh, been an encouragement to me. And now what I see is how God has blessed me with a great staff, a great board, a great church, a great life, a great everything. Man, I need to be grateful. So I'm on this journey, but while I'm sharing my heart with you, what is God speaking to you about? Are you grateful for your husband, your wife, your parents, your kids, your church, your pastor? Are you grateful for your job? You're grateful even though you don't have a job now for the freedom it gives you to do some other things? Are you in a sense of having this thankfulness for all things? When I was a young man, we used to sing, because they didn't have contemporary praise music, they had the old hymns, and one of those old hymns was a song that went like this. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. How many remember that old hymn? Would you raise your hand? I like that old hymn. I had a, an elderly worship leader. His name was Herb Painter. His son was here a couple of months ago. Anyway, Herb Painter got up, and when he would start the song, he'd say, wait a minute, folks. Instead of singing this, count your many blessings, name them one by one, let's change that. Let's sing this song. Count your many blessings, name them ton by ton. Because often when we begin to think about our blessings, we can really look to him to say, thank you, Lord. On Wednesday night, we had a fabulous soup, S-O-U-P, out here dinner. So we call it super, and then we had praise in here. We had our largest crowd, 80 or more people were here on a stormy night. And some of you wanted to be here. You just couldn't get out of your, your driveway because of all the wet weather. But going back to this. Dawn, our sweet worship leader, got up here and she selected some songs. And one of those songs was a song that said, Thank you, Lord. And she knows that some people somehow jam when there's too many times the same phrase in the song. And so she very wisely led us to remind us that the song will have the phrase, Thank you, Lord, 50 times in, or, in, in a row. So instead of us griping over how many times it says in a song, she very wisely said this. Why don't you look at each one of those times and say, thank you, Lord, for this, and thank you, Lord, for this, and have 50 different thank yous. I'm going to tell you, while she was doing that, unfortunately, the song was slow, but it was still too fast for me to be able to quickly identify 50 things that I could be thankful for. So later on that night, as we're driving home, after it was all over, I'm saying, Lord, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this. I'm going to tell you whatever stress that I was having just coming back from the trip, again, began to abate. So I want to encourage you that this message today will change your life. But in order for your life to stay changed like sustainable energy, it's going to have to be meditated on every single day. Now the early part of this will have to be a concentrated effort of thinking. But after we continue doing that, I'm going to tell you that it'll be a very fiber. It'll go from our conscious to our subconscious to our life. 
But this really works. So first of all, worry for nothing. The second thing we need to do is very, very important, and that is to pray about everything. And then finally, we need to be thankful for all things. And I hope that that speaks to you as it does to me. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says here, be thankful in all things. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. You might want to circle again the word in. That means while you're going through it. Some of you might be saying, that's very difficult, Pastor, because you don't know what I'm going through right now. You do not know my world. I have a good game face on. You don't know what I'm carrying. You're right. I really don't. And I am not trying to marginalize or minimize anything you're going through. I wish you would share it with me. I wish you'd write me or call me or see me this afternoon. And together, let's just take it to the Lord because in everything we do want to give thanks and I want to help you to be able to do that. But let me tell you this. No matter how bad you've got it right now, even in that bad, God can bring good. And here's a way to think about it. First of all, whatever circumstance you're going through, no matter how bad it might be, you can still give thanks. Because here's what you could know theologically. That God is bigger than your problem. You've got to believe that. No problem is bigger than God. If God is small, it's because your perspective is wrong. You get a bigger God by more faith. So put it in the proper perspective. So remember, God is bigger than your problem. Here's the second thing to keep in mind, and that is that He will give you power to be able to endure it with rejoicing or to endure it with long-suffering until the problem is reduced and relieved. So I want you to know that God will give you the power. His purpose is bigger than the problem. His power is bigger than the problem. And here's the rejoicing part. You also know that whatever you might go through, here it is, you will grow because of it. And so the question is, do you want to have a maintenance Christian life where you just kind of maintain and wait for some special visit from God to change? Or do you really want God to just touch your life on a continual basis? Then allow those problems to come in. See it as God has a purpose for it. See it that he's going to give you power to go through it. And then know that God is going to help you to grow from it. So whatever you're going through right now, I'm going to say it this way. Whatever you are growing through right now, give God the glory for it at this time. And let me give you the fourth one. It's so neat to know that in nothing I should worry. That in everything I can pray. For everything and in everything, I can give thanks. But I also can think about the right things. Let me read this passage to you. In fact, why don't you read it out loud with me, verse 8. And let's read it slowly and meditatively. All right, we know that first we have to stop our worrying. We have to go to the Lord in prayer. We have to develop our attitude of gratefulness because he is in control of everything we can't control. He either prescribes it or permits it. And now we're choosing to think properly. So let's read it together, verse 8. Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So, if you want to reduce your stress level, then you have to change the way you're thinking. Some people would say, you need to repent. Now, some people say that's a change of lifestyle. And I might be that later, but right now, it's really just nothing more than to change your thinking. 
And sometimes it's hard for people to change their paradigm, to shift their paradigm. And this is what God is asking us to do right here. Shift your paradigm from those things that are causing you worry and place it upon the things that are to be thought properly. And he gives you a list of those things. And they'll greatly help us if we're willing to do that, if we think about those things that are right. Because what you think will determine how you feel. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember a time in your life when you might have gone to a movie, watched a video or a DVD, or watched a television show any time during the week, and it happened to be one of those science fiction, shoot 'em up real wild monster type programs, and that was the last thing you watched, and you went to bed, and you had a nightmare that night. Has that ever happened to you? It happens to a lot of people if it hasn't happened to you, because a lot of times what's happening is we go from our conscious state to our subconscious state, listen carefully now, our conscious state is when we're watching the movie, we're seeing things on television, it stays in our conscious mind, but now we're drifting off into a subconscious world and we finally go to sleep. Now that's when our dream world happens, but even though it's going into subconscious because it did go into your brain, that show, it did leave a crease in your brain, that later on when you come back into the conscious world again, it will affect you. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, his emotions, his conscience, his will, so is he. Last night we had a, 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 the last thing that Carol and I said to each other as we were drifting off into sleep is we're in bed. Our house is very close to our neighbors. Those of you that have been to our open house, you know, you've seen the neighbors are real close. Well, while we were going to sleep, um, our neighbor next door was having an argument. Now, I'm not going to share which one because maybe someday they'll come to church. But I will say this, they're having an argument. Now, they weren't shooting and screaming and throwing knives or anything like that. At least I don't think so because I did fall asleep. But I do know this, they were yelling loud enough that you could tell that they were pretty intense for whatever they were talking about. My wife, again, as she was right next to me, next to my head, she says, it's too bad that we have to hear that as we go to sleep because that will go into our subconscious which would be known as an argument and agitation. So then I said, you're right, let's pray. So then we pray. Now most of you will think, boy, that is really good stuff. Man, look at that, that neighbor doing that and all that. But let me remind you something. When you parents are arguing and your kids are in bed, they may not be asleep. When you're arguing in your bedroom and they're playing in their room, they still can hear that. And I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to tell you that that kind of agitation can come their way. And so what happens then is that causes them to think and feel. How are mom and dad doing? Are they going to have an argument? Who's going to, oh, what's going on? Why did you say that? And you might, you know, um, kiss and make up. But your kids are still carrying that instability, that emotion that's going on. Now you can take that into anything from music to videos to life. It will affect them. So then you want to know, why do my kids have worry problems or anxiety complexes and stuff like that? It could be that they need to know, first of all, that you have to tell them, stop worrying. You've got to remind stop. Here's what the Bible says. And secondly, let's take whatever you're worried about. Let's see them as real. They're real to you. Let's take them to the Lord and leave them there. Let's now make a list of all the things that we're grateful for. And then finally, let's think on the right things. 
And you parents love your kids. You know what you can do. You husbands know what to talk to your wife about, things that you can help her out with. You wives can do it. I know my wife does it with me. And those of you who are single, you're not alone. There's a wonderful group of godly singles in here. And I wish some of you would get to know each other and go out and do some stuff and encourage one another. It can happen. And that's what's so beautiful about this passage of Scripture right here. So remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The last verse I want to give you is found in the same passage, Philippians chapter 4. But I want you to see what the result will be if you will take what you're hearing from God's word this morning and think and do it. Here's what it says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Let's pause for a moment. This peace comes from God. It's not man-made. It's not man-manufactured. It's coming from God. Actually, we could say it this way. It is God's peace. God is love. God is light. God is peace. It is God peace. That peace of God. Then it says, which surpasses all understanding, which means, I'm looking at the verse, you cannot fully understand this. I cannot act adequately preach or plummet its depths. It's way beyond our understanding, but it doesn't make it any less real or less powerful. In fact, I think it makes it even more real, more powerful, because it is of God and I don't understand it. Then it says, will guard your hearts and minds. So your hearts would be your attitude, your mind would be your volitional will, your thinking, through Christ Jesus. So we know that the source is God. How we get it is through Christ. And what it will do, it will guard your hearts. Now circle the word guard, if you will, and I want to talk a moment about that. Remember now, we want to have no anxiety. The presence of peace is the absence of anxiety. The presence of anxiety is the absence of peace. So now we have peace here that says that will guard my heart, which would be my emotions. It will guard my mind, which would be the things that are causing me to think the wrong things. It gives me these emotions that's messing up my life, ruining my health and relationships. It will guard me. And I know that this peace is so powerful because it's God's peace inside of me and I get it through Christ. Now we'll talk about the through Christ in a moment. The word guard throughout scripture is a military word. It's used like a sentry. Now, when Paul was writing to the Philippians, he knew very well when he chose that Greek word for guard that those Christians in Philippi would know exactly what he meant. Because we know the Romans were all over the city of Philippi. It's a very important city to the Roman Empire. So they saw guards and sentries everywhere. Paul also knew what the word guard meant because when he wrote this, where was he? He was in prison. So he had sentries all around him to guard anybody from breaking him out, to guard him from breaking out himself. So he had guards there that would keep him in the right place, according to the Roman Empire. So he had guards. So here's what he's saying. Now, folks, please listen real carefully. This gets so mystical, but it's still understandable. All right, let's let guard, like a guard. This peace is going to guard your heart and mind. It comes from God. We know that. That guard is like a sentry. It's powerful because it's God's peace. It's not your peace. It's God's peace. Now, that peace is to protect you from all the anxiety that's going to come your way. I can never, nobody in this world, this side of heaven, will ever be able to remove all your anxieties. Some people come to Hawaii thinking that they're going to have a stressless life, only to find out that it's more stressful here than it was other places. Some people think if I get out of that relationship, I'll have less stress. And you might for a while. You might not. Some think if I leave this job or that employment, things will get better and you're in a free fall in in unemployment. I, I don't know and I can't speak to that. All I am saying is this, that we will never have a life without problems. So things are gonna hit us. Now, because they hit us like that, we have a guard there that will protect our heart. Now, how he protects our heart, because it's the peace of God, is what you just learned from Scripture. 
Because now you have God of the Bible, and the Bible is the Word of God, God's Word, and God's Word says, quit worrying about it. If you worry, you've just, um, you've weakened your guard. Then he says to take it to the Lord in prayer. Every day take it to the Lord, moment by moment. When you hear a report, give it to the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, when you're facing traffic, when you've got to go see a, uh, your boss, you take that to the Lord in prayer. Then immediately you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I have you as my savior, you as my commander in chief, you as the CEO of my life. I thank you for that. Thank you for all that you want. Then you're going to start thinking about what? Thinking about the right things. All of a sudden, you put the weapons of protection in the hands of that guard of your heart. So you see, he is your guard through his word when you choose to do that because his word is your guard because it's the word of God, the peace of God, now given to you, the child of God, when anxiety hits you. Now, you might be saying, boy, this is a great little feel-good message for me. There are times that we have to give these. You know why? Because God has called us better than for just okay, I don't have any problems now, or at least I don't have any anxiety. Let me ramp it up a notch. It says, through Christ. First of all, I need to trust Christ as my Savior so that when I place my faith in Him, now Christ can supernaturally live inside of me and not only give me peace with God, He can give me the peace of God so I have all the peace necessary through Christ when I trust Him as my Savior. Now, I am to have this peace so when I go to work, people immediately see something different about me. Now, it is true, some personality styles, they just seem to roll with the punches a little bit more. And praise God for that. But often, though, by far, the majority are those that suffer with the punches. I don't mean physical, but, you know, punches of life. And that being the case, we need to be different. And so it's not just how you dress that makes you different. It's not whether you carry your Bible to, to school or put it on your desk or put it in your truck. It's not if you wear all the Jesus t-shirts that's going to make you different. It's going to be when you show to the world that no matter what happens, if all hell breaks loose in your house, in your world, on your job, with your kids, on this island, that you still have the peace of God that's reigning in your heart. And peace is synonymous with emotional stability at that time. Now, I know that some of you might have more of a chemical thing going inside of you that's a hormonal thing, and I realize that, that that's another issue. But I want to be careful that we don't dump everything into that world either. That we also try to sense where is God taking us. So this morning, what are you worried about? Is it your health? Is it your finances? Is it your relationship? All that you've got to do in the next couple of weeks? Your marriage problems? Your kids? Your parents' relationship? Your career? What school you're going to go to? I'd like to suggest that you embrace these biblical steps and enjoy the peace of God like a sentry over your mind and over your heart for the glory of God. Let's all pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. It said the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. So let's end on the person and the work of Christ. Christ says that maybe some of you, your anxiety is you're just afraid to die. As a young child growing up, I don't mean a baby, but a teenager, I guess if I had to prioritize my fears, my anxieties, the number one on my list was going to be not who I would marry or where I'd go to school or if I'd have money to buy a car or who'd like me at school, but I was afraid of one thing. I was afraid that if I was to die, 
I wouldn't go to heaven. I didn't know much about what hell was going to be like, but I sure didn't want to spend a place that's worse than earth as my eternity. And so I was fearful of that. And God met that fear when Carol brought me the message of salvation. And maybe right now the thing you're most fearful about is not so much your health. You're afraid that you're going to be sick and you're going to die because you're afraid that when you die, you're going to go to hell. And maybe right now that's your great fear and God has an answer for that too. So the first thing he says is don't worry about it. Then you talk to me in prayer. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. I know that I can't get to heaven and I'm a sinner and that's why I'm afraid of going to hell. And the Bible says that you can't get to heaven by your good works. And so some of you are saying, oh man, I'm really doomed for hell now. And your anxiety is building. And now he says this, he says, your good works wouldn't get you there, so therefore I'm going to be perfect and I'll die on the cross for you and pay your sin debt and forgive you of sin. And he rose again to prove it so you could see that he's trustworthy. And now he says, cast that fear of hell on me. That fear of not being able to be worthy enough. And just come to me as you are. And he says, I'll forgive you. I'll answer your request. I'll give you eternal life as a free gift. And then you can go on and say, thank you, Lord. That would be our third step. Thank you, Lord, for being my Savior. Thank you, Lord, that I know that I never have to worry about going to hell. That is one anxiety that's the granddaddy of anxieties, and it's gone. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and forgiveness. And now you can go on to say, Lord, I'm going to think about these truths in your word. I'm going to abide in your word. I'm going to think about you. And Lord, help me now to share it with all those others that are in my world that are afraid to die. And they have manufactured their own belief system. And they are so deceived in thinking they're on a heavenly trip. Only to find out that they'll spend eternity in hell. Help me, Lord. How many of you today would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to thank you for sharing this message from God's Word, and I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And so the first thing I'm going to do, Lord, is I'm going to, I'm going to trust Jesus Christ. I'm trusting you, Lord, as my Savior. I'm embracing you forever. Now, if you're telling the Lord that, Lord, I believe you died for me. Thank you, Lord. And you'd like for me to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. Now, raising your hand won't save you, but trusting Christ will. Is there anyone in here by an uplifted hand that is indicating that you'd like for me to pray for you because you're trusting Christ as your Savior? Is there anyone at all? Put up your hand. Put it down. Anyone at all? Okay. Christians, how about you? Maybe it's time for you to go to the Lord. Maybe there's something you're dealing with right now that's very important to you. And maybe your prayer would be this. Lord... Help me to worry about nothing, but to unload my worries on you. Lord, help me to cast my cares upon you. Help me to pray about everything, the things that worry me. Let me discuss them with you rather than to worry. I want to give you the details of my life right now, the future of my child, the stability of my marriage. The uncertainty of my career or job. Help me to be more grateful and to develop an attitude of gratitude and to thank you in every situation. Help me to realize that there's always something, something to be thankful for. 
Help me to think about the right things and to spend time with you in the Bible every day, reading it, your word, thinking about it. Fill my mind with positive things, not the negative garbage of this world. And I ask you to put your peace in my heart. And for that, Lord, I praise you. How many of you would like for me to pray for you as you take that to the Lord? Would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we know we're heading into a stressful time. Sometimes it's because we have unrealistic expectations and we worry about stuff. But Lord, help us to take what we've learned from your word today. To not worry. And then when we do begin to sense our worry, that Lord, we'd immediately take our cares and leave them with you. And then, Lord, help us to be thankful for everything and in everything. And then, Lord, help us to stay away from thinking the wrong thoughts and putting our minds in front of the, the information that would be negative, the garbage in that'll put the garbage out. And instead, let us have the good things that go in our mind so the good things can come out of our mouth. So, Lord, help us for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.